0: It's a new day. Yes it is.
1: Wakey wakey. Time to get up.
0: Good morning, citizens. up and them. Rise and shine. This is your wake up call people.
1: Come on, the coffee's on. on. We're going to get you guys circulating on Christian radio. I understand young people. I know what's hip. I know what's on. I know what's lit. I know what's fleet. What's up, my nerds? Nerds. i work with a bunch of nerds. I'm a nerd. And uh, I'm pretty proud of it. Rise and shine nerds, welcome to the Back Row Morning Show, a part of the Love Thy Nerd Podcast Network. I'm Radio Matt, and I am one half of the official exclusive morning show for LTN Radio. Nearly all of Love Thy Nerd shows and podcasts air on LTN Radio First, and you'll also find our amazing mix of Christian rock, rap, pop, and indie all week long. So if you're listening to our show on podcast, you're late. And you're missing out on all we have to offer. Check out LTNOnAir.com or download the Live 365 app, Search and Favorite, LTN Radio. Today on the show, we broke the country. We've also got, well, eh, a few things. It's going to be a shorter show today, actually. It's going to be a bit weird because it's just me. But don't go anywhere just yet, because first, today is Monday, January 11th, 2021, and we've got some holidays to celebrate. First of all, it is National Milk Day. I mean, who doesn't love milk? Well, Mo doesn't love milk because she's lactose intolerant. You know, I really feel bad for everybody who's lactose intolerant because milk is darn delicious and quite handy at times when you got like a, a mouthful of peanut butter. Or a mouthful of the one-chip challenge. You know, that, that spicy shiracha chip? Mm. Boy, milk is a lifesaver in those cases. Or other dairy products like ice cream and cold butter can help as well. All those things that are just delightfully lactose-filled. National Milk Day. Celebrate it. And uh, it's also National Clean Your Desk Day. Which is something that happens maybe twice a year here in the studio, Uh, you know, you get comfortable in it. You know, you get comfortable in your mess. My dad uh, notoriously had the messiest desk on the planet. He worked in radio as well. Uh, He was a station manager as well. Um, You know, he was the more official type. You know, know, this was a brick-and-mortar radio station. Uh, (laughs) And he would go in there and he'd be the head of sales, but he was also the station manager. He He would have stacks of paper. Across the, like he had a little cutout portion, big enough for maybe one of those desk calendars, you know, and that's where he would do all of his work. And every other space of his desk and another side desk that he had was just filled with papers, orders, um, ideas, all, you know, all kinds of stuff, just stacks and stacks of paper, most of which was at least six months old. Like, every six months or so, he'd get around to filing everything away. Uh, But that's how we worked. That's how we worked best. He just worked in a clutter. You get comfortable in your clutter. And uh, when you clean it all up, it might feel good to be clean, but you also kind of feel, oh, well, now that everything's clean, I can't touch anything. You know, you get uncomfortable. You get tense. Tense in that cleanliness, but I guess it's good to have a reset day, and today's as good as any other day. So if you're one of those people like me or my father who just likes to live in your mess, clean up your desk, start fresh, start anew, build a new mess starting tomorrow. So guys, uh, obviously, things are different this morning. Uh, Mo is not here because uh, we found out just 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 ooh, half a day before we planned on recording this week's shows that Mo's Mo's husband tested positive for COVID. So Mo then went and got a rapid test done and she's she's negative, but she does have to quarantine with with her husband for you know the the standard amount of days. So Uh, kind of threw a a wrench into our plans. Um, don't worry, you're not going to have to hear just me every day this week and next week. Uh, we've got other things planned. Um, and this, this week actually I'm going to have for you two special episodes, uh, two special collection episodes focusing on specific topics. Uh, they'll be interesting, uh, for sure. And I would have done that every day this week, but I do feel like given the events of last week that we did need to have at least one show to address that. And so with that being said, I'm not planning on Dragging this episode out too long i i i don't I don't plan for me to have big long segments uh doing a whole bunch of stuff because uh, a lot of this stuff is more fun with two people, and we just did not have the time uh or ability to get someone else in the studio with me for now, <laughs> do me a favor and just lift up Mo and her family uh in your prayers. Mo shared before that Chris has you know some. S- some health issues that that uh, bug him most days. And as of right now, he's not really experiencing any worse of a day than he normally has. Um, from what I know, he hasn't gotten any of the more extreme symptoms or loss of taste or anything like that. Not, not really any breathing problems or anything of that nature. Uh, so, you know, we're, we're not... Super concerned at this point, it's more of just uh, an annoyance, and you know, that's... You've known when this has happened, maybe it's happened to you. You know, putting your whole life on hold pretty much for two weeks is... uh Ten days, two weeks, is frustrating. It's frustrating, it's a pain in the butt, and uh you also kind of feel like you're inconveniencing everybody around you, you know? There's just nothing we can do about it. This is the way the situation is, Um Mo was, for sure, didn't want me to to accidentally catch it from her if she has it and just maybe tested negative uh, incorrectly, or, or uh, you know, we've heard tales of people who actually do have it, and they get tested, and they come back negative, but it doesn't really manifest for a few days, and then you finally have it. That might happen with Mo, I don't know. Uh, I mean, odds are, being in close quarters, that is what's going to happen. Who really can say... But so far, nothing to be worried about. So I guess aim your prayers more at that this is as bad as it gets and that they get over it quickly and maybe that it doesn't spread any further beyond their family. Um, I've been lucky enough to not catch it yet. I do have a cold, which you can probably hear, but I get a cold um, for like three months out of the year. And I'm sure you've heard my stuffiness pretty much for the last several weeks. Uh, a little bit worse this week, <clears throat> but still par for the course in my life. Every year this happens, uh, I will typically get a cough uh, that lasts for months on end as well. That's usually a yearly occurrence with me, and that's really fun when you record uh, you know, radio shows and try not to cough into the mic constantly. So <laughs> We're going to take a break, and uh, when we come back, I've got uh, a couple funny things, a couple tweets and stuff to go over, but then we're going to talk about that whole amen and A-women thing, because I mean, <laughs> how can we not bring that up, right? But then later in the show, we will be talking about the more serious events that occurred in Washington last week. Uh, so stick around. Like I said, shorter segments today, but stick around. I'll be back after a music break, and coming up next... The Back Row Bench Watch. Stick around.
0: When I'm around someone who I think is better than me, I try and drag them down to my level. That's why perfect Tahani is like my kryptonite.
1: Well, even admitting that is an important step. And also, maybe don't listen to me.
0: I would love not to listen to you wait what
1: basically my life's work is 3600 pages of garbage even michael couldn't understand it
0: so what does michael know
1: everything that's my point he knows everything and it was too convoluted even for him
0: michael does not know everything michael does not know i'm not supposed to be here you wrote 4,000 pages on one of the most complicated subjects in the world. I mean, I used to get bored halfway through writing a text message.
1: In the third episode of the first season of The Good Place, we find cheaty being confronted by Michael, who is trying to convince him to give up his life's work and find a new hobby now that he's in The Good Place. And it kind of makes sense because his life's work was writing an entire 4,000-page dissertation on human ethics which, you know, now that you're in the afterlife, maybe not such a big priority. Ultimately, he's convinced by Eleanor that this is what he likes to do. It wasn't just some sort of assignment or or mission. It was his hobby. And not everybody always understands your hobbies. And when people don't understand it, they often don't like it. And when they don't like it, they're gonna try and convince you that you shouldn't like it either. We find that all the time in nerd circles. Video games are a big deal. There are a lot of people on the outside of our world who see us playing video games and think, what a waste of time and what a poor use of God's talents and gifts.
0: Are we sure we should be paying attention to these guys?
1: What they don't see is how those video games become the catalyst for change. There are so many people who are more willing to let their guard down and talk to us even about spiritual matters simply because we want to play video games with them. It's a big deal. People on the outside circles try to convince themselves that your hobby that they don't like cannot possibly be edifying to God. But in reality, what hobby is intrinsically glorifying to God? Your hobby might be to play guitar, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's glorifying to God unless you use that guitar skill to worship him, maybe even to lead others in worship or to teach someone who really wants to learn. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 10 31, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all for the glory of God. That leaves the door open for a lot of our nerdy pursuits as well. So, chill out, pick up a controller, and maybe that way when we're all in heaven, when me, Billy Graham, and Abraham Lincoln challenge you to a race in Mario Kart, you won't be all like,
0: No idea what's going on, and I am freaking out, homie.
1: Catch a new back row binge watch every Monday on the Back row Morning Show, exclusively on LTN Radio. Welcome back to the Back row Morning Show. I'm Radio Matt. If you're listening on the Love Thy Nerd Podcast Network, remember that all of our shows air our first on LTN Radio during the actual morning hours, and we would love to kick off your day with some humor and fun. That's right, you can head over to LTNOnAir.com and see the schedule, and also download the Live 365 app on your smartphone device. You can also enable the LTN Radio skill on your Echo devices, and then simply ask Alexa, play Love Thy Nerd. Before we do anything else... Uh, Twitter is a toxic dumpster fire these days, but there are still some people trying to be funny over there, so here are a few tweets that are worth a chuckle. This is a list of tweets about comparing boomer culture and millennial culture. First up, we've got Michael, who says, Boomer culture is having your ringer on full volume and letting it ring for a whole minute before answering. While Will says millennial culture is not knowing what your own ringtone sounds like because your phone's been on vibrate since 2009. See, what's funny about both Mo and I is that we, early on in the morning shows, I mean, this is really early in our morning shows, we took a quiz on whether or not we were what's known as a zenial, somebody who is between millennial culture and Gen Z culture, Uh, Not quite boomer culture, but Gen Z's, you know, essentially almost there. (laughs) And I feel like in a lot of these, I am split halfway between. Uh, I do usually have my ringer on full volume, and it does usually ring for a really long time before I get to it. uh, Because I don't hear it, or I don't have it with me. But then there are times when I put it on vibrate and then forget to ever take it back off. Uh, let's see. JD says Boomer Culture is posting a stock image of a tropical location with an accompanying caption of so beautiful or this would be the life. While Tyler Thurston says millennial culture is having to take vacation before the end of the year so you don't lose it. But being paranoid, they'll discover they don't really need you if you're out too long. That's got to be a really big fear, honestly, and I'm sure it is for most people. I am lucky enough to have a position in a church where I have made myself so valuable that anytime I'm out because like, I'm sick or something, anytime it's a surprise, or even when it's planned. Things tend to fall apart when I'm not here, and that's probably a bad thing. Like, I probably should be able to work it out to where I have a team of people, but so far that hasn't occurred, and so right now I'm as valuable as gold at my job, which, you know, is it's comforting. Allison says baby boomer culture is yelling at their kids for being on their phones too much while typing up some incoherent Facebook rant just so they can fight with strangers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Millennial culture is hearing something ridiculous being shared on Facebook and subsequently calling your boomer parents to check if they don't believe it. I mean, if there's ever been a year for both of these things, it was uh, 2020. And even still now, even still now. Boomer culture is sharing Facebook posts of pets that went missing 200 miles away from where you live. I mean, yeah, (laughs) my mother does this stuff all the time. And I don't think my mom knows that's the problem. And I think that's the problem here with this as well. I think most of them don't realize, oh, this is somebody from across the country. They just see that and like, oh, no, someone's dog's missing. I'll spread the word and, you know, take it like it was on their own telephone pole outside. Uh, millennial Culture. Daniel, first name of his, says uh, Millennial Culture is having three different conversations with the same person across multiple platforms simultaneously. Yeah, see, I lean in that direction. I'll have a conversation with with Bubba on, on Facebook, on Uh, Discord, and then sometimes in in Messenger on Facebook, Uh, all all different places. Uh, John and I often communicate via Discord, text messenger, Messenger, and sometimes through email and Planning Center, all bunch of other places. It's uh, confusing and never helpful, but uh, we keep doing it. Keep doing it. Boomer culture is insisting on tipping exactly 20% at restaurants and then asking someone how to open the calculator on their phone from bed. Freeman. What's wrong with leaving exactly 20%? 20% is high. When I was a waiter, it was 10%. You did not expect anything above 10%. I was happy to get 15% overjoyed. Like that person was doing me a personal favor. Uh, millennial culture. On the other hand, Nikki says millennial culture is sneakily leaving a $5 bill on the table at a restaurant because you know the bill payer didn't tip enough and you feel a sense of solidarity with the waitress because you also work in customer service. Now, I agree with this too. If the person did not tip what is now considered the standard, the 20%, then yeah, if you're able, add some money to that. There have been times or occasions where you know I've made it a point To tip, like, above the 20%. Like, it's usually because of my family. And it's not so much that they don't tip well. It's that when I get my entire family together at a restaurant where, you know, we're multiple tables long, my family's very, I don't know, demanding. Not my immediate family, but, like, my outsourced family, you know, cousins and whatnot, they all expect, like, to be served. Like, they get into a restaurant and they are the you know, king and queen of the building. They want that waiter there immediately. They want everything that they want immediately. They don't care if you have seven other tables. You're also serving at the same time. You need to be on your beck and call. And uh, I almost feel like I have to apologize for them because I know what that's like. Like, I, I I had three tables at once, and that would start driving me a little bit batty. So... Yeah, oftentimes I'll I'll overtip in those situations, because it's terrifying. It really, really is. So yeah, yeah if you're in solidarity, man, stick another fiver on there. Elizabeth DeVoid says, Boomer culture is saying knock on wood every time they get their technology to work without their grandkid. I mean, millennial culture is <laughs> every 35-year-old plus uh, assumes you know everything about technology, which... Uh, no. And maybe it's because I'm just 35 uh, and I haven't slipped into this mindset yet, but no. Uh, I still feel like, for the most part, outside of maybe like certain video games and stupid apps that are pointless to society, I'm looking at you, TikTok. Uh, <laughs> I don't feel that way. I feel like most kids these days cannot use a lot of technology because most kids don't even have laptops anymore. Most kids only work on their computer. If it's for school, uh, if they have one at all, I feel like we're making technology now too easy for the most part. And that's giving up a lot of versatility and a lot of usability that comes with a laptop, you know, something with a keyboard and actual programs, not just a Chromebook, not just an iPad, not just a smartphone. I honestly feel like we are making technology, like 90% of technology too simple in order to be so versatile and, and usable. But that remaining 10% is the stuff that most of us need to learn and aren't learning when we're younger now. Like, <laughs> I shouldn't really need to. Ha- I, I'm the one that helps out a lot of younger people understand what to do with computer programs and the like. It, it's, it's, I don't know. It's, uh, I think, I think, I think they're getting too smart for their own good is what I'm saying. And it's gonna start to come back around to bite them. Maybe you disagree with me. I'd like to know. I'd like to know what you think. Boomer culture from Trevor is owning a cabinet of expensive china nobody can use, then complaining about wasting money on electronics. A freaking men to this. The whole, you know, China idea, stupid. I mean, I guess, okay, the idea itself is actually nice, but actually implementing that in your life is stupid. Why would you spend thousands of dollars on this whole set of China that will be used maybe twice the rest of your life? Who the heck cares? Unless you are serving dignitaries at your home on a regular basis, forget it basic plates get the farberware that stuff that doesn't even break when you drop it it's it looks nice and you know what it's a plate it's a bowl it works and it's nice enough guys we do not need fancy butterfly pattern plates that uh serve no purpose serve no purpose serve no purpose. Millennial culture from Catherine Cohen is trying to find recommendations for moving companies and realizing that none of your friends have ever owned furniture. Nice enough to move from one city to another. Uh, yeah, yeah. Most of the time when you move as a, a young person, you you shed a lot of stuff in each incarnation of your house. Cause a lot of it was hand-me-down stuff or maybe thrift store stuff or big lot stuff. You know, really cheap furniture that doesn't last long anyway. So that's part of that house now. Betsy DeVos says, Boomer culture is having enough lawn chairs in your trunk for the whole block. <laughs> that is my uh, father-in-law. Every camping trip and every 4th of July, just non-stop folding chairs lawn chairs those it's the full it's like the camping ones the ones that are like a like a canvas thing that like fold open quad wise fold up kind of like an umbrella you know Uh, millennial culture valen anthos said millennial culture is owning 26 mugs and no glasses or cups Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm mm-hmm Marcy Playground fan account says boomer culture is sharing a lengthy post on Facebook about how socialism kills children's pets with a picture of the Joker, adding the caption, This hits the nail right on the head. Millennial culture, Angela Lindsay has said, is saying, Might treat myself when thinking whether you should get the bus home instead of walking. Yeah. <sighs> Hannah says Boomer Culture is owning hand towels you're not supposed to use and then complaining that all these electronics are such a waste. Okay, we're doing the same thing with the China. I get it. New Year New Beer says Millennial Culture is growing up with the dishwasher, laundry machines, printer, etc., but now seeing them as unattainable luxuries. Uh, yes. The day that we got a dishwasher, when we moved into a place with a dishwasher, that was moving on up. That was Rockefeller. Walking in there. We still don't have an at-home printer. I still have to print all my stuff at my job, which we're not supposed to do. You didn't hear me say that. Uh, No More Billionaire says Boomer Culture is owning a printer. Exactly. Yes, we still don't own a printer at my house, and it's quite inconvenient. Uh, Let's see. There's a lot more. I'm not going to go through the rest of these. In fact, maybe I'll save a few of these left for when Mo comes back. Uh, Yeah, this is... That's, that hits the nail right on the head. Let's move on to our topic for this section. Uh, I won't linger on it too long, but, you know, the, the 117th Congress opened up uh, officially on January 3rd. And this was the, this was the ending to the you know, official opening prayer. We ask it in the name of the monotheistic God, Brahma, and God known by many names by many different faiths a man and a woman. (laughs) So (laughs) I still can't hear it and not laugh. It is. It's ridiculous. I'm not going to get into politics about this at all. And and that's, what's made the memes about this difficult is because people want to immediately jump on one side or the other. Um, the, the ridiculous about this, you know, all of it was ridiculous. Number 1, it was not a prayer to God. It was a prayer to everybody's idea of God and he actually mentioned Brahma. Uh you know, it's it's it was not a Christian prayer by any means. Let's put it that way. But no matter what religion or not that you're representing, amen and a woman is nonsensical <laughs> amen is not a gendered thing, but you 've already heard this I know it you 've already heard all this uh, amen means it 's a Latin word that means truly or so be it uh, a woman means nothing so here's here 's what i 've heard uh, from people defending this this uh, situation uh <laughs> I'm sorry it's so funny. So I have heard that you know he's 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 a black minister and that it's common in black minister cultures black you know black churches that that's kind of a joke. That's a it's a wink and a nod to the fact that all the women around the church do so much or or are in charge or running the show that kind of thing is a you know like secret head of the house, kind of joke thing, you know, it's like we wouldn't get anything done without these women here. And you know, and actually that's probably more often true than not across all churches. But anyway, someone made that claim that, you know, this was just him letting the black preacher out in him and, you know, saying something silly. Uh what undercuts that is the fact that one, uh, he didn't make any uh he didn't give any indication that this was kind of a joke or a pun, or a a nod to anything. Uh, Of course, nobody laughed. Uh, He didn't even chuckle at it, didn't smile, didn't look up. Just uh, gathered his stuff and and got down. It seemed very sincere. A sincere way to placate uh, PC culture, I guess, in in this instance. And it was also undercut by the fact that the next day, when asked about it, he said that uh, it was actually... A, a way to honor the fact that there were so many new women elected to Congress this year, which there were quite a few new women on both sides uh, added to Congress this year. And so to, to to compare that to the to the black culture thing about it being a joke, uh, he he didn't say it was a joke. He said it was a, an honor. And the other way is I'm just I don't know. I don't know. It's possible, it's possible that that there's a coalition there of, of those those coalescing there of those two things, where yes, it was supposed to be a joke, but the fact is that he played it completely straight faced to the point where it just seemed ridiculously silly, and uh, I mean, someone mentioned that it sounded like one of those prayers, in total, sounded like something out of. Left Behind, which if you've uh, read Left Behind or, or watched well, the, forget the movies uh, but if you've read Left Behind or listened to the audio drama, which is amazing uh, you're, you're right it does sound like one of those weird one world faith prayers that uh, is brought up in that book, but I just, I don't know I don't know if this is so much a, a commentary on where we are religiously as a nation as it is the opportunity for somebody who's just not thinking to showcase how much he's not thinking so i don't know again not not really going to comment on the politics of the situation just this is uh this is what we expect not necessarily from politicians but just from the world this is what we expect it's going to continue to go kind of like this weird little trickles of uh anti-christian god uh, as the world slowly falls apart into revelation so there's your uh there's your cup of joe there's your your big smile for the day uh but this is just you know another little trickle of that weird weird stuff but just in the end amen a woman (sighs) (laughs) thanks for the memes congress (laughs) because the memes have been all right Oh man! All right. Speaking of Congress, when we get back, we're gonna talk about it. Uh, it's 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 rough. It's rough, and uh, we might kind of be to blame a little bit. So get ready for that. But first, five not cool things. We'll be back. What's up everybody? I'm Radio Matt, and this is 5 Not Cool Things. Number 66. When a telemarketer calls and tells me that I placed an inquiry with them about a loan and they were just returning my call. You liar! Number 67. Movie theaters that don't have their seats staggered, forcing me to have to scooch my fat head down so the five-year-old girl behind me can see. Number sixty-eight. People who honk to their friends as they pass them on the road, making everyone around jerk their heads to see who was honking, sometimes resulting in an accident, all because some guy saw his friend Ricky on the sidewalk. Number 69. People who reply all when the reply is only relevant to one person on the list. And number 70. When people have a beautifully clean home, but when you walk in they say, Sorry about the mess. Dude, most of the time I can't even see my floor. Those are five not cool things but you know what is cool discovery plus new streaming service about five bucks a month it's got every single iron chef america episode ever Cutthroat kitchen too it's food network all on there i mean there's other channels too but what else do you need besides food network am i right Welcome back to the Back Row Morning Show. I'm Radio Matt, and uh, we hope you're listening to us on LTN Radio, where we air each weekday morning at 7 a.m. and again at 9 a.m. Central. You can head over to LTNOnAir.com and see the schedule, and also download the Live 365 app on your smartphone device. Stay up to date with our shows and enjoy the amazing mix of music we have playing throughout, too. Now uh, you might be confused if you're just joining us as to why it's only me. Uh, but uh, as I mentioned in the first segment, uh, Mo has been exposed to COVID. Her husband as positive. She has tested negative, but just abundance of caution—you know, too close, to too too close for comfort, essentially. So we're we're waiting it out. Waiting it out. It's now. This is this has already occurred. You know. Several days in the past now from when you're actually hearing this. And so, you know, another week to go. If she doesn't test positive by the end of that, then we should be good to go. But, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh Everything's up in the air, but don't worry. We'll have content one way or the other. Uh These next two days are going to be some, some special collection episodes uh, focusing on um, different episodes from our past that kind of tie together. And then we'll have our normal rewind on Thursday and see where we go from there. Uh, And as I said in the first hour, I would have done that for all three days uh, this week instead of trying to record one by myself. However, you know, events occurred last week that we can't just not mention. And, you know, we don't typically get too heavy or too deep or, or definitely... Uh, political on this show, but when something, uh, as controversial or, uh, devastating occurs, we often want to try to be the voice of reason for, for all sides. Trying to see, you know, where either side is right, where the side is wrong, where some grace should be given, where some justice should be taken. And we want to give it to you in a way that, as a believer, you come out with a better mindset. And don't take this as, you know, as me saying, oh, I I know best. Don't even take it as me saying everything I'm going to say today is 100% right or accurate. It might not be. But I do know that I have had a lot of experience being an instigator in my past. And God has shown me a lot on how that accomplishes very little, and how He has so much more prepared for us. There's no way to not address what happened in Washington last Wednesday. Now I watched it in the morning. I watched as the the giant protest gathered. Uh, the amount of people there was staggering. Like, do you remember when Trump was inaugurated and how they tried to say, you know, it was the biggest, you know, crowd attendance for inauguration ever. And then we saw the pictures and we're like, no, bro, no, it was not, not even close, not even close to Obama's first or second term when it came to attendance, not even close. Well, this one was huge. Hundreds of thousands of people, like so many people. They 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 flew in like it was Inauguration Day and that there was no coronavirus, like they were here. <clears throat> then there was a rally, a rally that was still going on as Congress was opening up for the day, which was the day that the electors were going to get certified. And Trump gave a speech, and he gave a speech that that implied, you know, he he had all this evidence and he knew all this stuff was going to happen. And it all came down to whether or not Mike Pence was going to send the electors for the states that are kind of in question back to the states. Mike Pence, meanwhile, as like as as Trump was driving to this place, Mike Pence released a statement. Basically saying, I don't think the constitution actually gives me that power. And so even in a speech, you could kind of tell from Trump, they said, I don't know if Mike Pence is going to do the, the right thing, quote unquote. And when it was over, he said, now we're going to march over to the Capitol. We're going to march over to Congress, Capitol building, and we're going to let our voices be heard. Now, I do not believe that what happened was Trump's intention or wish. I truly believe that he thought that it would be enough for everybody who was upset like him, everybody under the impression that the election was stolen or rigged or whatever, to just be outside the Capitol building and shouting, you know, protesting, essentially what a protest is. And for the vast majority of the people that did make that march, that is what they were there for. But for a a few hundred, maybe, I don't really know the number, but just visually judging as I watched it happen, you know, it didn't look like there were more than a few hundred trying to push their way into the building. And actually in the building, there were only a few dozen that I believe I don't believe Trump actually wanted that to happen. And there are quite a few people that disagree, including, you know, people actually in Congress. I don't believe he intended that to happen, but I do believe he is responsible for it. I believe that his his call to action got misinterpreted by enough people to cause a problem. And that he should have made it clear from the get-go that this had to be a nonviolent, simple protest. Instead, he made it sound like we're going to war. And I mean, there's just gonna be people. It doesn't matter, it doesn't matter what side of the aisle, doesn't matter liberal, conservative, anywhere in between, or further on either side, no matter how many people uh or no when you get a group of that many people, there's always going to be a few bad actors in there a few instigators, a few people that have had enough and are going to do what they have to do. Justified or not, those people are going to be there. And we've seen that all year long. Again, justified or not, we've seen that happen. People are on edge this year, and something happens where that's the final straw, and they break. I'm not saying it's excusable, I'm just saying you have to expect it, and that's what Trump should have expected in this situation. That's my opinion. I also believe he didn't do it himself any favors with the video that he released as it was happening calling for peace. It was a two minute video of which he spent 80 seconds of it talking about how the election was stolen from him. It was it was bad. But then he released this statement uh, a couple days
0: later. I would like to begin by addressing the heinous attack on the United States Capitol. Like all Americans, I am outraged by the violence, lawlessness, and mayhem. I immediately deployed the National Guard and federal law enforcement to secure the building and expel the intruders. America is and must always be a nation of law and order. The demonstrators who infiltrated the Capitol have defiled the seat of American democracy. To those who engaged in the acts of violence and destruction, you do not represent our country. And to those who broke the law, you will pay. We have just been through an intense election, and emotions are high. But now, tempers must be cooled and calm restored. We must get on with the business of America. My campaign vigorously pursued every legal avenue to contest the election results. My only goal was to ensure the integrity of the vote. In so doing, I was fighting to defend American democracy. I continue to strongly believe that we must reform our election laws to verify the identity and eligibility of all voters, and to ensure faith and confidence in all future elections. Now Congress has certified the results. A new administration will be inaugurated on January 20th. My focus now turns to ensuring a smooth, orderly, and seamless transition of power. This moment calls for healing and reconciliation. 2020 has been a challenging time for our people. A menacing pandemic has upended the lives of our citizens, isolated millions in their homes, damaged our economy, and claimed countless lives. Defeating this pandemic and rebuilding the greatest economy on Earth will require all of us working together. It will require a renewed emphasis on the civic values of patriotism, faith, charity, community, and family. We must revitalize the sacred bonds of love and loyalty that bind us together as one national family. To the citizens of our country, serving as your president has been the honor of my lifetime. And to all of my wonderful supporters, I know you are disappointed, but I also want you to know that our incredible journey is only just beginning. Thank you, God bless you, and God bless America.
1: So this was a complete turnaround, a complete turnaround from what we tend to hear from President Trump, a more humble, a more uh, well thought out (laughs) message, a complete different message than what he gave the day of. The message he should have given the day of and unfortunately for many that came a little too too little too late essentially uh not that it really matters it's you know a little over a week away before his presidency is officially over uh there's i don't know the congress is trying to impeach him or trying to encourage the vice president to take the 25th amendment. Uh, who knows? Again, at this point, I don't think it's I don't think it has a purpose. Uh, but all that being said, we saw the images of the people that burst into Congress, basically broke down the door. Please don't believe the rumors. There are rumors out there that that the police let them in, that it was a like a we want them to get in to look terrible kind of thing. It's encouraging them to destroy it. That's not what happened. Uh, There is clear, clear evidence, clear video evidence of literal fistfights breaking out between the police trying to keep the barricades up and keep them out uh, until they got so overwhelmed that basically they were told they had to fall back. And then that's where you see those videos that claim like, oh, they're just letting them in. No, they were told to fall back so they could get a, a regrouping and a new plan. Anyway, we saw those images. We saw uh, the guy dressed as a buffalo standing at the Speaker of the House's desk in the House of Representatives. This is stuff that, that does not happen. And yet we saw that. We saw them wandering the building. We saw people taking photos within Nancy Pelosi's office of the the, the work computer there and her schedule and all that. It's It was... Frightening and wrong. No matter how you felt, no matter how you feel about this election, you should not have been happy to see that. No, maybe you were. Maybe you just want to see all of government burnt down. That's maybe a different, <laughs> different mindset altogether. Because I think we all have those feelings from time to time. This is burn it all down and start again. But at the same time, this is... Tantamount to to terrorism on our on our own soil, domestic terrorism, and yet others saw it as a like a Tea Party moment, like this was a tantamount to throwing tea in the harbor. I don't know, I don't know, guys. I I can understand that mindset. I can understand both mindsets, really, but in the end, you knew that wasn't going to accomplish anything, and if anything, it did damage. To what President Trump and his supporters in the Senate and the Congress were trying to in the Senate and the House were trying to do. They were trying to present evidence in these debates that are a part of the Electoral College, um, you know, approval process. That there were fraudulent elections in certain states, and because of what happened at the Congress, half the people that that promised to object. Decided they were no longer going to object. And most of the debates didn't even happen. So if you're like me, you have quite a few people in your Facebook feed who are believers. Who are up in arms one way or the other. From one side of the political spectrum or the other. And that's really the crux of what I want to talk about today. Christians are becoming too politically charged. It's the same thing that we said back in 2015 uh, on our original, original audio thing. It was the Back Row Baptist podcast when we were ramping up between Trump and Hillary. And we talked about the fact that can Trump really be the guy? And we didn't think so. But it came down to what it always comes down to, the lesser of two evils. The Republican Party is not the Christian Party. The Democrat Party is not the Christian Party. But there are many of us who have been conditioned to believe that one or the other is the voice of Christianity, is the voice of Jesus. And it's not. Neither ever will be. Back then, we said Trump was, was not a good role model for president. And I will admit... In many cases, I came around on Trump. He did accomplish some really good stuff. Most recently, all the peace that he's accomplished, all the peace treaties that he has signed over in the Middle East. Crazy stuff. Peace in the Middle East. Not across all of it, but a lot of the contested areas. Coming to an agreement on peace. That's crazy. He did a lot of amazing things for the economy. The Operation Warp Speed thing, he was right. We got a vaccine before the end of the year. And that's just the stuff that's happened in the last year or so, last two years. Things were going well in many areas in the country. But at the same time, things have been going poorly in a lot of other areas. And Trump did not help himself by continuing to act the way he's always acted, by continuing to tweet unguarded, unedited, unmonitored. That's the thing that we've all said. Mo and I have said it a hundred times this past four years. Put one person between you and the Twitter machine. One person who can say, hey, you know what? Maybe let's not. Some people liked that. Some people found it refreshing that he was just brutal and honest. But (laughs) honesty is one thing. Brutal honesty is a different thing. You got to have tact. And uh, he, he does not. But again, I'm not in the category of this is our worst president ever, because he's definitely not. He accomplished a lot more than many of the presidents that I've seen in my lifetime. But a lot of things that he's not going to get credit for. He's not going to be remembered for any of that now. He's only going to be remembered for what happened last Wednesday. He's going to be remembered as the ousted president leading an insurrection on Congress. And whether that's fair, a fair uh, assessment or not, that is what he's going to be remembered for. That's what's going to be in the history books, something that's never happened before. That's what he'll be remembered for. He did not get a fair treatment in a lot of cases. The whole Russia thing, obviously now, complete hoax, never happened. Meanwhile, other politicians have legitimate concerns and they're not being addressed whatsoever. But I won't get into that. The election did have quite a few troubling things wrong with it that nobody's explained. Nobody's explained how there could be 200,000 more votes than registered voters in Pennsylvania. Nobody can explain the, the hundreds of video clips and affidavits that we've had of... Rescanning ballots and pulling out new ballots from hidden things, and and uh, not allowing the the ballot watchers in, only from one party. No one can explain how every single one of these these uh, inaccuracies only leans in one direction. None leaned in Trump's direction. The odds of that are staggering. There's a lot of really hard to believe stuff about this election and the media is not doing any favors by ignoring it because it does make people think there's a conspiracy. It does make people think that this country is being stolen from us. But I think that there is this, this mentality of we've got to get Trump out. It doesn't matter what's happening. And that's kind of where our nation's stuck in. Trump was not a role model. He's been arrogant. He's been misleading. He's been unapologetic for the sins of his past. But at the same time, he was targeted unfairly by political opponents. But in the end, it really isn't about Trump. It's not about Biden. It's about those of us who call ourselves Christians. Christians who loved Trump or Christians who hated Trump both had the same problem. They couldn't shut up about the guy. Christians let their identity as believers be overrun by politics, more so, in my opinion, in these last four years than ever. Because frankly, there isn't enough room in our minds for devotion to both faith and politics. And the idea is, yes, we're supposed to, you know, vote our values and we're supposed to support the candidate that votes our values. And I get that. But just for clarity's sake, neither party stands for even half of what we call traditional Christian values. It's always a decision of who's the lesser evil. Should we campaign for candidates we believe in? if you trust a politician that much, I don't see the harm, but we should only build our candidates up. Trying to destroy the other guy is not a good mindset for a believer. In the end, and this might sound controversial, but Christians worry about their rights far too much. When we become believers, God takes our rights away. If If we're to follow Jesus' example, we must be willing to become a bondservant, a slave. A slave has no rights. If your legal, political, and constitutional rights are more important than your calling in Christ, your priorities are mismanaged. Now, I'm not saying that you have to throw away your guns or or decide to no longer speak out against injustice far from it but I am saying that everything you do and say should be filtered through your faith first not your party affiliation and more importantly your mindset should be on helping others helping others not yourself first Politics and faith can work together, but it is a balancing act that many of us just can't walk. Until then, if you were a Trump supporter, stop posting inflammatory things on Facebook now. If it turns out that we find out in you know a few months the election was stolen, guess what? God still put Biden in charge. I mean, do you think God was surprised by any of this that happened? Do you think if the election was stolen, God was sitting up there going, darn, those humans fooled me. No. Look, if we're going to believe that God puts our leaders in charge and that we're supposed to pray for them, we have to believe that in every circumstance. If someone is putting authority over us, that doesn't mean that we have to agree with them. And it certainly doesn't mean that we trust them as a, a proponent of our faith. But it does mean that we have to pray for them. We have to pray for their salvation. We have to pray for the best for them. We have to pray for their safety. We have to pray for their ability to lead this nation because that's who God has put in place. And we never know what that will mean for the rest of us. But think about this. Think about China. China is one of the the least free places on the planet. China has less rights than any, well, not any other, but one of the countries that has less rights than most places. North Korea is another one. Both of these are great examples. Places where fewer rights for the people. Places where the ruler of your country is not really chosen by you. And think about the fact that we've heard this every single year. That the place where faith is breaking out the most, the place where we are seeing more and more people come to Christ, are those two places. China, North Korea, and other places where their very lives could be taken away because of that faith. And yet it's exploding there. So tell me something here then. What if, what if we're in a situation here in America where we start losing some of our rights I'm not saying that's where we're at. I'm not saying that's what Biden's going to do. But I am saying that that's what a lot of Christians tend to worry about. So what if we get to the point where we start losing our rights? If the end result is that more people come to Christ because of it, could that be God's plan? I'm not saying lay down and give up your rights. That's not what I'm saying at all. But I am saying That it seems to trend outward that the less rights a country has, especially to religion, the more Christianity seems to spread. And so even in the worst of possible outcomes for us here in America, the end result will almost certainly be more people in heaven with us in the end. Again, I don't know. And I'm not trying to judge you at all. And I'm not saying that these are even my thoughts most of the time. But truly what I am saying is the thing that kind of gets thrown around as, as flippant whenever things don't go our way politically. God is still on his throne. He never left. He'll always be there. And that needed to be a reminder for us during the Trump years just as much as Election Day was when we first started seeing all those posts pop up again when Joe Biden was declared the winner. God is still on his throne. And he will continue to move this world towards something that will glorify him more in the end. And those of you who are on the other side politically, who, who did not support Trump, do not support Trump. Uh, that doesn't necessarily mean you're, you're a liberal or a Democrat or a conservative or a Republican. It doesn't mean anything. I'm just saying, whether or not you agreed with, with uh, the Trump pres- presidency or not, now is not the time for revenge posts against your conservative Republican Christian friends. You're not helping the situation either. And you're letting your own politics lead you just as astray. None of us are going to get this perfect. None of us are going to find the perfect candidate. The perfect candidate will not exist. Some are going to be better than others, be just because they align with your, your idea of Christian morality within politics more so than someone else. But in the end, we're all flawed. All of our decisions are flawed. And all of our vision is very short sighted. Trust God like you would trust a guidebook in a foreign land. Because honestly, we don't know how it's really working. And there are things that will happen in this government that we'll never understand and we'll never know. But God knows everything that's happening in our country. And in every country across this planet. This is not our home. America is not our home. Earth is not our home. We need to live like that. We need to remember that. And we need to cling to that. No matter how uncomfortable this country gets. Eventually, all governments are going to fall. And then beyond that, this whole world will bend the knee to Jesus Christ. It's almost a cliched joke. And most people don't mean it the way I'm about to say it. But Jesus should be your president, he should be the only authority that you invest in with your whole heart and you should follow his example to lay down your rights even be willing to lay down your very lives for the sake of saving someone else's soul not for your own comfort not for your own freedoms here in America But so that when you get to heaven, you'll meet somebody who came to Christ because you were willing to trust that God knew what he was doing all along. We're going to take one more break. Don't go anywhere. Because when we come back, we're going to share our latest Twitter poll about you and politics. More back row to come. Stick around. What up, nerd? Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Love Thy Nerd Podcast Network. We hope you're enjoying it. But hey, did you know that Love Thy Nerd airs almost all of its podcasts first on LTN Radio? That's right. LTN Radio is your home for the best Christian rock, rap, pop, and indie music. And it's also the place to go to hear Love Thy Nerds content before it reaches the podcast feed. In addition to that, Love Thy Nerd creates a lot of content that's exclusive to LTN Radio that you're missing out on. So go check out LTNOnAir.com and listen for yourself. You can also download the Live 365 app on your smartphone and search in favorite LTN radio or enable the LTN radio skill on your Echo devices and simply ask Alexa to play Love Thy Nerd. Now let's get you back to that podcast. Welcome back to the Backroom Morning Show as things are winding down for the day. I know this was a heavy episode and also kind of weird because it was just me. But thank you for sticking with me. Before we wind down, uh, with with such a tough week behind us, uh, we wanted to know more about you when it comes to politics. So our poll for last week was, how involved in politics are you? The four options we gave you were very much, not very much, only when I see injustice or depends on the year. Your response, your number four response was only when I see injustice with 13.8% depends on the year, was 15.5%. Very much was 32.8%, and then not very much, just a few points higher at 37.9%. So really, it's kind of split between very much and not very much. Between yes, I'm really involved in politics, and no, I'm not really involved in politics. Honestly, I'm not saying one is better than the other. It really depends on how you involve yourself in politics, but we've already gone over that. Let's end with our verse for the day. Psalm thirty-one, nineteen. Oh, how abundant is your goodness, which you have stored up for those who fear you and worked for those who take refuge in you in the sight of the children of mankind. That's going to do it for our show today. Be sure to check out all of what we do online at lovethynerd.com. We've got amazing articles on all things nerdy, as well as this show, LTN Radio, and our other podcasts and videos. If you'd like to directly support our mission and become a financial partner with Love Thy Nerd, and specifically with LTN Radio, then please visit give.ltnradio.com. Love Thy Nerd is a qualifying 501c3 nonprofit organization, and your gift is tax-deductible. I do want to make... One more statement, just clear. The message that I gave today on this show was mine, and mine alone. Uh, I cannot say that I speak for everyone at Love Thy Nerd. I definitely can't say that I speak for everyone, uh, for for the company itself, or for, for the radio station, anything. These are just my thoughts that I've had over this past half a week. And honestly, there are thoughts that come up in my mind. Most times there's this weird breakdown in our country. And most times when I see my Christian brothers and sisters up in arms over things maybe they shouldn't be up in arms about. So if you're angry with me is what I'm saying. Put the blame on me and not on the rest of Love Thy Nerd. You can follow us on all the socials at The Back Row LTN, at LTN on Air, and at Love Thy Nerd. And you can follow The Back Row Morning Show, uh, his own Facebook group we got. And we got it going on there for Christian humor, Back Row Baptist Church. Uh, check that out. Join in the fun. And if you ever miss a day of The Back Row Morning Show, you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, etc. Uh, subscribe, rate five stars, and leave review something along the lines of, they've got my vote. Uh, I will be back tomorrow morning right here on LTN Radio at 7 a.m. Central Time with an encore at 9 a.m. And I will have a a special collection episode, you know, a a gallery of some of our best connected bits. So stick around for that. Uh, As for a final thought, take what I said, you know, with a grain of salt, but. Look at your life and how connected you were to either loving or hating Donald Trump. And see if maybe, maybe you took it too far. And try to course correct. And again, this was not me being judgmental because I fall in one or both of those categories sometimes too. But we got to be accountable to ourselves, accountable to our faith, accountable to God. About how we interact with, how we pray for, and how we respond to things when they don't go our way. As far as it depends on us, let's live peaceably with all people. Once again, I'm Radio Matt, and for Mo, I'm signing out. And remember, if nobody else tells you, we promise that it's true. Jesus loves you, nerd.